from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop-inspired storytelling, world-building, and collaborative character creation podcast. Where each week we take a listener-submitted prompt, spin it into an original character, and use that to populate a fantasy world one story at a time. It's fantastic. Um, it's, I... We haven't recorded in a while, and I'm we like, haven't. I'm jazzed up about it. I don't know if you have, can feel that energy. I don't know if the listeners at home are picking up on that energy, but, like, I'm jazzed today. Like, I got I'm feeling jazzed up for this specific recording. Aaron, how are you doing? It has I'm, been a, a, a little while. It's been a fucking minute. Um, <laughs> It's been a minute. I've been super busy with bountiful blessings, however very busy. And I know the listeners can tell there's a weird energy because I almost forgot what to say in our intro. It's fine. It's all it happens. You exactly. know what? Like I said, it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since we have sat down and like made the magic happen. And so like, then, you know, let's just let's take it relaxed and slow and just like yeah. check in with each other. See how we're doing. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing fucking great. Um, I am uh, kind of like an independent contractor for uh, a company called Flocabulary, which is like this really dope um, hip-hop educational tool for kids in schools where they use like hip-hop and music to like teach kids about history art math grammar all that stuff and they're doing voiceovers and stuff i hope i can talk about this and they're doing voiceovers and stuff and i got hired so i'm an independent contractor for them and it's fucking dope and that's fantastic that's amazing and this dude at my job got fired for being a piece of shit and i took his shifts so my schedule is now lit city and so it's just bountiful blessings oh and finally, the fucking it, 2020 is the greatest year of all time. Jeff, it's fucking March 2nd. You know what I did this morning? Something What's, that I never do? thought I'd be fucking doing in my life. I played the demo for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, shit. Is that out in the world? Just the demo. But my brother uh, doesn't want his PS4 anymore because it's distracting him from school. So he fucking mailed it to me. And I got it literally installed everything the day this thing came out. And yeah, I played the demo. And it's bana- it's at, like literally it was I've never I've never said this out loud like before. Where I'm like, it was something I had dreamt of since I was a kid and be having it be tangible and real. It was so surreal, like seeing my kids all grown up and in HD that's amazing. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I know how much Final Fantasy VII means to you, and so oh. I'm, I'm happy seeing. I'm happy. I'm happy living this through you, which is how I experience most. As you know, it's how I experience most video games. Is like correct. I am very much. Uh, I'm very much the dad in the doorway with a pipe. Like you guys have fun. I had a great time. Oh wow, those graphics sure are getting realistic. All right, you kids have a good <laughs> sleepover. Uh, if anybody <laughs> needs anything, I'll be upstairs. <laughs> what's getting you how is you how have you been i've been good i've been good i have been good i had a great weekend uh, i watched some wrestling with friends uh jen and i did knock an item off of both of our bucket lists yesterday um which uh aaron i don't know if we talked do we talk about what i was doing last weekend um, was it the Pine Barrens wrestling? It was not. Uh, we went to the, we did go to a wrestling show in the Pine Barrens a few weeks ago. That was great. Yo, I have no concept of time. 
Let me tell you, Aaron, we went to uh, Wells Fargo Stadium in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we saw a little basketball game by uh, uh, not a local team. Whoa. We went and saw we went and saw America's team. <laughs> I'm spinning a basketball right now on my finger. Yeah, we went and saw the Harlem Globetrotters on Fuck Sunday. Yes. It uh. was delightful and magical. I I've never seen it live. I do I That's will admit I've watched them on YouTube on mute after we've talked about them and I'm editing an episode and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I, I here's here's the thing. Like I'd never seen them live either, and I was just literally like Jen and I were talking about it on the drive home from somewhere one day, and she's like, I'm gonna just gonna see if they're in the area. Oh my god, they're gonna be here in March. And I was like, we have to go. Like like I it was I was legitimately like a I've wanted to go to that my whole life and just like never kind of had the opportunity so like yeah we saw the globe trotters it was a delight did they win uh they did win uh, <laughs> so they were up by they were up by they were against the washington generals oh who, wow that's shocker <laughs> um the the generals were down by about 25 points going into the final two minutes of the game so that the the captain of the washington generals walked over to the scorekeeper station grabbed the keyboard and set the score to tied and oh, then that's said fucking now we're tied. awesome i that's really clever. Whoever wrote that bit or came up with that is fucking hilarious. It's extremely good. And then they Globetrotters won. Oh, so we've been upset. doing. We did that. It was great. Uh, I fell in love with uh, a new TV show slash movie slash the next TV show on our watching list. Aaron, have you seen a movie or TV show called uh, What We Do in the Shadows? No, I have literally no idea what that is. I finally just saw Parasite. I saw Endgame. Finally. Do we want to play, uh, does Aaron know the plot of this movie and or TV show? No. Um, but yes. What is it called? What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. What We Do in the Shadows is a movie slash TV show? It is a movie and then a TV show. They're not related. They take place in the same universe, but it's different (sighs) casts of characters in the same basic setting or scenario. Can I ask one question? Yes. Is it sci-fi? It is not sci-fi. Okay. It is, um, do you want the genre? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. It is not sci-fi. So, um, I think it, what we do in the shadows is about, um, a group of spies and like espionage and, you know, counter espionage. It's kind of like Mission Impossible okay. mixed with, um, what's the show with, uh, Carrie Washington? Scandal. scandal and like that kind of okay. tech thing and finding out information and it's like what we do in the shadows it's like how all these like countries are running but there's this secret stuff going on and we all protect you know our governments <laughs> so like you're, there's first off entirely wrong <laughs> Uh, but there is a core, there is a core of rightness in that, like, the central conceit of the show, the name, what we do in the shadows, is referencing, like, you know, the world as you know it is happening, and this is what's happening in the shadows. Oh, good. So I was kind of, that's, that's not bad. That, the core of that is right. Um, this is, it is, uh, the movie was made in 2014, and the show was made in 2019. Oh. The movie, so, and, and the idea is, uh, the movie was first, well, and the, it's the same basic premise for both, which is to say it is a mockumentary series. So a fake documentary comedy show about a group oh. of vampires. Oh, you told are, me about who are this. Roommates. Wait, is this from New Zealand? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I have been told by many people to watch this show and that I would love it. 
It is very good. It is delightful. Uh, the movie is also delightful. It has uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords in it. It has. Uh, it was pro- it was directed and produced by him and Taka Watiti, who made uh, Thor Ragnarok. Fuck. And so it's got that very specific sense of humor. And like the show, like I said, the show, the premise is the same basic thing where it's a group of vampires who are roommates, but they're in Staten Island as opposed to New Zealand. And it's just very, very funny. Yeah. And very like witty. And like the way that they, they handle tropes in a way that is very cute and very charming. Where can I watch this? Uh, you can watch the movie, uh, is, we rented it on YouTube. Okay. And the show is on Hulu. Oh, fuck yes. I'm going to watch that. I probably I'm gonna try to watch at least one episode before, and then we'll talk about it next week. We'll right, try to remember this time. It's very cute. It's a it's a very fun like. So that's that's what's got me jazzed up. I love it. And speaking of handling tropes really well, Jeff. Um, yes. That what that's what we do. It is. Know, it's what it's what I we do really toot, well. If I don't toot our horn. And moving on to the prompt this week, because it's got some tropes that you said you wanted to break down and talk about. I do, I do, I do, I do. Um, prompt this week comes to us from Twitter. I put on the call that we needed a lot of prompts, and my God, did we get some awesome ones. This one is from Twitter user at Brellin1. After a farming villager and their spouse are kidnapped and taken from their home by marauding army, the scarecrow, lovingly sewn together and repaired over the years, hops down off his perch in pursuit of the only family he ever knew. Okay. (laughs) It's like a Samuel Gord level epic prompt. It is. It is. It is. It is. I, um, I, so I love this prompt. There's a lot that I love about it, but like there was, there was one particular part of it that I wanted to... Maybe, like, exercise some caution around or, like, talk through. I have a pitch prepared for it. Okay. Like, the part of the prompt... I guess this is the AMFC equivalent of, like, a safety discussion in a game, which is very important. Which is also why I wanted to have this conversation on mic to, like, peel back the curtain a little bit. Of course. Like, we usually do this either off mic or, like, it's super just implied. So it's good that we kind of, like, talk about it. Yeah. Um, I... I love everything in this prompt. The only thing that, like, makes me a little iffy or uncomfortable that I kind of want to, uh, like, play out in a slightly different way or find a different way of approaching is the idea of a marauding army kidnapping people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that has a lot of implications that I think are icky. Yeah. And, like, not, make like, me they, a little they, uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, there's just a lot that we can twist to kind of make this more AMFC friendly. Yeah. I think know, it's, I way. think it's the, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I do have a pitch for it, but I wanted to, like, just put that trope out there and be like, I want to, I want to find a way to handle this without, like, having it be too literal. Yeah. There's ways to, that we can facilitate that we do often for, that fit kind of our tone in our yeah. world that are less that. So As, what are you, what are you thinking? Here's my pitch for this. Um, if the idea is that this is some sort of uh, malevolent presence or force or being that has abducted or, like, you know, made these people disappear, what I want to propose to you is throwing it back a ways is that these people were – because we, we have established this as a presence that was – uh, like, absorbing people and taking things and, like, claiming things, right? Yes. What I want to throw out to you is, uh, these people were swallowed by the Quasar Keep. Oh, fuck! That Throwing is it back. thrown way back. Holy shit. The sentient dungeon, the Quasar Keep, swallowed up these people or, like, their farmhouse? Um, Poltergeist I mean, Jeff, style, you know? Jeff, 
Jeff Stormer, it can't, it, there's no reason it can't be both. Okay, I love this. That's, that's what I wanted to throw out there is like, as a, as an idea of, um, like, I think that kind of captures that same energy and captures yeah, that kind of like, something evil has like, something unabashedly evil has like taken these people away and they need to be rescued. Yeah. But it does so in a way that I think is a little more amfc yeah it's just kind of like that's the story we like to tell it's the tone we like to have and like i honestly encourage our listeners to kind of think like that where it's like it, it happens a lot when you're going through usually dungeon dragons or other people's campaigns or like their actual plays you hear shit that you're like man you know i don't i don't care for that that's not the story i want to tell the kind of tone and like you figure out what the trope is how you want to break mm-hmm. it down and twist it to something you do like you know it's yeah. fun yeah um so the Quasar Keep Quick Refresher is a sentient, weird, cosmic dungeon. Yeah, it is a naturally occurring dungeon with all of the sort of nightmare space that that kind of implies. Is like yeah. It is a, a cosmic thing that is a, a twisting, like, endless dungeon that is just slowly spreading through the cosmos until it is destroyed. Yes. So if you like to, I like to think of it, honestly, because it was a really heady episode and we were going so fast. I listened to this like a, I think like a few months ago. Um, it's kind of like this dungeon starts out with one room and then it just starts growing like a Rubik's cube and then like just enveloping the world around it and, until it consumes the cosmos. But anyway, this was during the era that it was still, you know, tearing up fantasy. And so, after a farming villager and their spouse are kidnapped and taken from their home by the Quasar Keep, the Scarecrow, lovingly sewn together and repaired over the years, hops down off his perch in pursuit of the only family he ever knew. So, Mm. I have a question for you. This was episode 69. Nice. Nice. Ginger Gallengall, The Song of the Stars, if you'd like to learn more about the Quasar Keep. Yes. So, I have a pitch about this Scarecrow. Yes. Um... In the Purethra Guild, we talked about in the Sprout Brussels episode that, like, farming is all about, like, there's no magical farming until, you know, Archibald Gord starts cheating. Farming yeah, in sure. Purethra Guild is, like, raising crops to release the magic that's inside of them, and, like, you put your heart and soul into it. So farming is very important in Purethra Guild. Clearly, we've talked about that. But keeping it safe, I propose that people create guardians of their crops of their farm so that if something were to happen do they activate is this some kind of like golem or like you know uh suit of armor come to life type deal is every farm do they create some kind of scarecrow to protect it from like any harm any uh you know any malign malign forces things like that do you create a guardian um, it's very dramatic. It's real Aaron. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, I'm going to say yes, but. Okay. I'm going to throw you a yes, but. I think yes, yes. I love the idea that, like, crafting this thing that is, like, crafting a scarecrow is not just, like, scaring away birds. It is also, like, um, you know, a magical sort of, like, presence and signpost that, like, you know, pr- there, there's a sort of protection magic to that. It's like a talisman, but, like. However. I don't think they are alive usually. No. Oh. I think okay. that it is because like there's something there's another thing part piece of this trope that I love a piece of this prompt that I love doing more of sort of the peeling back curtains and poking at the parts and, and like the actual meat of the prompt. There's something that we haven't like talked about in terms of AMFC context in maybe ever or maybe not since tech what since episode one. Dang. We're, I'm throwing this back. I know that we've talked a little bit about things like adjacent to this. 
But, like, there is a trope that I genuinely love, and we talked about it on episode one. Because it's a trope that comes up specifically in the Lord of the Rings books, like the Middle-Earth world. And that is the idea of magic being, of, like, a finely crafted object, like, crafted with enough passion and love and skill and devotion and, like, enough craftsmanship put into a thing, put some magic into that thing. I love that so much because— I love that trope. Do you know that we have that in the show? If it's thrown it way, way back, I did not. I completely. I know that we talk about it in middle in the middle in the in the uh, yeah first episode, but I don't know what when we talked about it since. We talked about it briefly in the uh, first te- The God, I'm such a nerd of my own shit. We I talked you about know what. The- this is why I. This is why this <laughs> works is because like I'm like this was cool, and you're like trust me. I have annotated notes. We did so in the uh, Tiamat episode. We talk about how Tiamat teaches people early on in fantasy that like expressing yourself in creativity is a way of bringing out your magic. Like it doesn't have to be casting a fireball. It can be like playing music. Okay. So like, and that's also the dig new earth thing of what a quote monk is, is someone who does something like, you know, with repetition and mastery. Mm-hmm. It's basically like an artisan. Yeah. So if you apply that to like everything, essentially like, you know, if you put enough love and affection and time and energy into like a birdhouse, that's a magic birdhouse. It's also the Jeff Stormer college mentality. Put enough haunted things in a house. You got yourself a haunted house. You got your enough, haunted house. Put enough magic in magic shit into your home, into your life. You got a magic life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Is that kind of how it works? Because if I that's so. if that's the logic we're sticking with, everyone's house would be like the fucking beauty and the beast house. <laughs> well, I so what I think I I think that it is like the idea of and so where I want to tie this back into the prompt in the story that we're telling is it says that uh the specific phrasing hold on let me pull up this specific phrasing of the prompt yeah um lovingly sewn together and repaired over Ooh. the years so Ooh. this is something that like not just one person has worked on yes this is something that like everyone in the family has like sewn it together oh. put patches like put patches of their clothing on you know like uh like done little pieces of and over time all of that love and care and energy and attention just imbue a sort of magic into it yes. coupled with like the general magic of like the ritual of creating this sort of protective thing yeah that when those people are taken away by this sort of cosmic structural entity that magic like spikes and it mixes with the protective magic and suddenly there is life where there was not before I love this because we've talked about in the show that, like, magic is everything in fantasy. And it's, like, it is an easy, like, a wizard did it. But I do like the fact that, like, if you put love into things, and there's a lot of that and a lot of affection, a lot of care, and a lot of – there's a lot of emotion in our world and, like, compassion. So if that's in every – if that's in people's hearts, it would be literally in almost everything. And so – and I think, like, there are times where – you know, this is, we've, we've, we, I like that we've stumbled into like very broad big picture world building, which is my, everything I love. Which is very AMFC. Talk about scarecrows and farming, and it turns into something way bigger. <laughs> um, I like the idea that it's not like visible most of the time, right? No. Like, I like the idea that like if you're just a great baker and like you are just putting like years of training and, and care into your bread, like that bread. It might just have the appearance of people eating that bread and going like, yeah, this is great. Like, I haven't had bread like this since I was a child. And, like, having fond memories of youth and, like, feeling that warmth. 
Yes. But like that idea of like conjuring those memories itself becomes a kind of magic. And it's a lot of times it's just little pieces like that. It's just in this case, it's I have to go fight a cosmic dungeon. (laughs) And if you want more information on Jeff, what he said about magic food, you can listen to episode Ward slash Cook because that's it. it. We are bringing so much together in this episode and kind of like finalizing like, you know, we always have magic weapons and stuff and like they could perhaps be soul bound like people are bound to them. They could also just be lovingly made, you know, and as a result, they shoot lightning. Yeah, it could just be like a craftsperson put a lot of energy into that and the end result is a really well made thing that has magic in it. Like this scarecrow is this generations of so let's talk about the scarecrow and the family. Let's talk it. Let's What's do the it. family's name? I want them to be some halflings, so it's on, they're on some plant shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's the last vegetable you ate? I guess they are the. I guess they're the Pico family. What's Pico? My Pico, Pico de Gallo. Gallo. <laughs> Pico de Gallo. Like Pico. last night. I Pico de Gallo yesterday. So they're peak. They they grow onions and tomatoes. This yeah. family. Their their onions and tomatoes can't be beat. Not yeah, quite enough great. to become mayor of their small community, but they're really fucking good. Um, yeah, it's just good. So the Pico family for when it started. When like is this like a long like eons? You know this farm has been here for generations type thing. Yeah, it's been established. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The first Pico family, um, you know, this, the two spouses, they came together and were like, well, the farm is complete. Like, the house has been built. You know, the land's been plowed. We've been, you know, however you start farmland, I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. What separates just, like, dirt from farmland? We've manured it. We've plowed it. You know, we have our rows and we're ready to grow some money and tomatoes. Time for the final touch. And then, like, you know, it's made with so much love because it's it's almost, I think, uh, the, the, the thing of a scarecrow is almost tongue-in-cheek. Oh, can I have a pitch? Please. Scarecrows were created in Purethra Guild after the passing of Sprout Brussels because Sprout Brussels was thought of, like, the protector of the town. And, like, you know, the, the everybody keeps safe and he's the leader and he's really wonderful presence. And just his presence alone, people thought their crops were stronger. And so it kind of in memoriam and kind of to keep his tradition alive, people make a very nerdy looking scarecrow with, like, a goofy hat. Yeah. I, we are we are throwing some fucking... I know. We are swinging for the fences today. Hope you're caught up on the backlog, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that's the joy of having 138 episodes. It's sometimes, true. sometimes, sometimes we can do a fun one-off, and sometimes we have annotated notes. <laughs> so I think that was like that's the final touch that everybody is like, oh, no farm is complete without a little. What are they called? What are scarecrow? Are they what are they called? Scarecrows? What are they called? I mean, I, I mean. I kind of want to call them Brussels sprouts, but that feels <gasps> terrible. I'm like getting up from my desk and walking away. That's so good. Oh my God. They're called fucking Brussels sprouts. Because they're made from like, they may, they're made to look like they are sprouting from the earth, from oh. to the earth that sprout Brussels returned to. Oh, God. so good. So they, they, they finished their Brussels sprout. And what? It, does they put a little enchantment on it, or they just like give it a little pat on the head or a kiss on the cheek and leave? And it's like, is it it's strictly symbolic, you know? And then over time, it graduates. I think it, there's a magic to it. Okay, like in all but, things, like we said, of course, by default there is magic to it. And I think like what it is 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 there's this energy of like it is a little bit protectiony, a little bit like of a blessing type thing. It is okay. just like I a, like that. It just has a it has a warmth to it, right? Like it has a comforting it has a comforting protective presence. I have a pitch 
for yeah. this scarecrow and why uh why he comes kind of like to life and becomes like oh I need a brain um do you you played Chrono Trigger? Yes. So in the game to get to power up this thing called the the sunstone and to make like the ultimate weapon, you have to put the moonstone that's like out of energy in the past and let it literally sit in the sun for millennia and absorb energy. That's kind of how I feel this scarecrow is, where like the it's just soaking up good feelings and joy. Like every barbecue that the Pico family ever had, like that lended a lot of love and joy and energy, like and happiness to this scarecrow. And over generations and generations, it gathered up so much magic, essentially, just from people enjoying themselves and, you know living their lives and so many lives lived and smiles and prom pictures and family photos and fun times and sad times that over millennia it just kind of like you know zapped to life i feel like yeah i think that's that's exactly what it is it's the embodiment of this family's joy sorrow triumphs anger everything it is the pico family like you know encapsulated yeah fuck and now the Quasar Keep, essentially this rolling cube, has rolled over the Pico family house and has taken up the current residence. You know, is it just as, you know, this, the Brussels sprout is coming to life? Or is it as a result? You know, is this like it tripped, you know, you set off my trap card, you woke up my scarecrow? Hmm. Which, you know, which, is, which is more compelling to you? I don't know. Compelling is a tough one. Because both are kind of good. Both are kind of like, oh, but... If we said it's strictly symbolic, it could... Oh, because, okay, I have a, I have a fun thing, because it comes from the prompt, from uh, Brelin's great prompt. Hobbs down off his perch in pursuit of the only family he ever knew. That, I, I think it kind of is like, it rolls away. You know, the Quasar Keep is... It takes, you know, the, the Pico family just as um, the Brussels sprout is kind of coming to life. And it's like, no, oh my God, like my family, I have to get them back, because it, it doesn't know them. It yeah, like sure. yeah, it knows him, and it, it wants it to needs, get them back. It, like he uh, he wants to he wants to learn who he is. Sure, it is oh, a baby. it is a matter of like I have this life, and I have these like photographs of memories in my head, right? Like I have yeah. these these emotional memories, but like I want to know the like I have these memories, but I don't know these people. Yes, and, like I want to know these people, and I want to like give them the gift of my gratitude before mm. I go off before I wander off to learn what else there is in the world. I love this because if you think about a scarecrow, they really are like the silent observer if you were to leave it up for generations. Yeah. It, it's basically just like a camcorder that you leave and like, you know, it's it, he's the scarecrow has and, just basically been like picking up data and data and, and like learning. And sometimes it like you you know, you leave it and it just watches all of your family's moments. And then it kind of watches like a window close and you're like, why'd that window close? And then it kind of watches like, you know, a baby. But then the baby looks at the scarecrow and like you're like, that baby's got evil eyes. And then you're like, you know, <laughs> you're like, and then you're like, oh, there's a devil in that house. And then then paranormal activity happens. Oh, That's- fuck. <laughs> so this is all just paranormal act. Welcome, everyone. Now it's a horror podcast. No, but it's like this. <laughs> I really like the idea that it's someone who's like, I've watched you. Like, do they have their own personality? I think they're their own person. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 100%. I don't We're want it to be to... like a Fantacore situation where it's like, who am I? No, no, no. I think like, I think he woke up and he like has a personality and like a, a you know, he's a, he's a fully formed person. 
Yes. And, like, he's wandering off. He's like, I got to find these people just because I think it's not so much like a learning who I am. It's, it's a it's a I am who I am. But I want I, I now am, I now have the ability to thank you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like you, you took care of me. You clothed me for oh, generations. You so like true. you spent time with me as you worked the fields. You made joke. You know, the way that we make jokes to things that we have that we as people like you know love to personify like we make jokes to them we talk to them you know imagine if one day that toaster that you put googly eyes on and make jokes to and call and call toasty like imagine one day that that toaster was able to thank you was able to be like hey thank you like i really your jokes really like brightened a lot of long boring days yeah i love this because we it does say in the prompt lovingly sewn together and repaired over the years like Mm -hmm. this is something that means that like you know uh the parents like the great 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 pico parents taught their children like okay and one of the most important things in about farming is taking care of the brussels sprout you know, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that his clothes are right and, like, that they're taken care of, that he's warm in the winter but cool in the summer. Like, I am obsessed with this generational love and personification of a thing that represents, like, keeping your family safe, keeping them fed, keeping the crops high, keeping joy high, and it kind of becomes your, your family's scrapbook. And it got to come to life. And what I love about this is it's all very wholesome. Yes. It's very sweet, very cute, very wholesome. Until, I'm kidding. Until he, <laughs> until he then has to wander into the heart of an otherworldly dungeon space and fight, <laughs> and fight for the lives of the people that he wants to have this wholesome relation to. So, it's extremely funny. It is extremely is. funny to me that it's like, wow, I'm alive and these people treated me with love for a generation. Trying to go to fucking work. <laughs> it's like if the brave little toaster was like, no, or like Toy Story was like, Buzz Lightyear and Woody have to kick the shit out of Sid, not just like teach him a lesson. Or like, or like, or like, it's like Woody, like halfway through the movie, Buzz Lightyear and Woody go, uh oh, it looks like the aliens from Independence Day took <laughs> took Andy. Well guess we gotta go and then they like pull out knives (laughs) buzz lightyear's laser becomes suddenly very real and very dangerous i am upset can i give you a pitch though yeah i want a pitch (laughs) in chrono trigger like you know ultimate weapon fashion so ginger gallengall is the character we made in the first episode about right yes what's it called um the quasar quasar keep and they go and they they beat it. They learn the song of the stars and they unravel like the puzzle aspect. They destroy it from the inside. Yes. What I want to pitch is that for Ginger Gallengall to like get inside, I'm imagine this kind of thing rolling through fantasy or like moving and consuming and enveloping yeah. regions. Someone stops it from the outside. I want to pitch that this Brussels sprout, this scarecrow is really fucking overpowered. <laughs> I watched Captain Marvel recently, and I realized that I have a very strong affinity for incredibly powerful characters in fiction. I love when they show up and save the day. Is that If that's not what you're feeling, if you just want it to be like, you know, a wiggly scarecrow, I'm about it. But I... my first thought was that it's like, do they like fucking slow it down with their hands and like they're plowing through the dirt, like stopping a car? Uh, I have, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to. I'm gonna veto that, but I, I'm gonna well I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the core of the idea 
I'm going to take the core of the idea that he is incredibly powerful and spin it in a different direction that ties into something that I love. I'm sorry if you're laughing. I've been thinking about the Scarecrow being an all-powerful God character. Since I sent you the prompt at 6.39, which is an hour and 20 minutes ago, I've been like, oh, what if they're like a god? <laughs> I'm gonna be dope. I have arcane artifacts and curious curios next to me, just in case you said yes, so we can figure out his gear set. Well, Aaron, I mean, we're still going to, because I have another pitch for you that I think uh, integrates that idea in a different direction. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Um, what I want to throw out is Ginger Gallangal is the ultimate cleric. Oh, yes. And clerics. We talk about that. C- can clerics, we give a brief, yeah, primer? sure can. Clerics are people who are magically empowered, and they, they, or is it that they grow more powerful, or they make other people more powerful? It, we made it both. They are like, yeah, they okay. are jack of all trade. Like, once you've mastered every job class, you become a cleric, essentially. You become Peter Petrelli, Siler, and, like, a mimic, and you empower other people. Like, Ginger right. Gallengall empowered a whole town once. So, so that means that, like, in order to be powerful enough to destroy the Quasar Keep, to stop this thing, they have to be surrounded by powerful heroes. Which oh. means that I think I do agree with you that that the Scarecrow <laughs> is incredibly powerful. And here's how I wanted to how I want to pitch you that. Okay. I want to pitch you that um I'm gonna name him Standy. Oh he's standing in, in his field. Stands in a field. So fun name fact Standy. Um you told me that joke in fucking <laughs> sophomore year of height no, junior year Spanish class. You said you hear about the scarecrow lawyer or doctor, and I said no. You said he was outstanding in his field, and I have remembered that to this fucking day, and I use it whenever someone's like, "You got a good joke?" I'm always like, "Fuck yeah, locked and loaded, baby." <laughs> I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so, Stan- Standy Pico, fuck. Standy is incredibly powerful, and the reason that he is incredibly powerful is I love the because vi- I love the visual of this incredibly powerful scarecrow warrior <laughs> like kicking down doors and fighting like building creatures that are like half building and half like I love all of this. Yes. But what I want to throw to you is there's a particular kind of archetype that I love, and I'm gonna pull on specifically. I'm gonna cite a source here, which is um, there's a character in Doom Patrol called Robot Man. That's a really clever name. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we gonna take people to task for names here? Fuck yeah, dude. Standy Pico is so solid. All right. (laughs) I'll take Um, anybody. Take anybody on. Um. So Robot Man's whole deal is he is a human brain inside of a robot body. Ah. And so his superpower, so to speak, is he cannot feel pain. And therefore can, like, fight forever and do all these things. Because, like, his body can get torn to shreds. Like, it can get ripped asunder. And he can just have a new body built around it. Like, he's fine. I love it. And so what I want is this idea of, like, Standy can just fight. Like, you could rip off Standy's arm and he'll just literally, like, grab, like, a bundle, grab, like, a bunch of sticks or something and be like, new arm. And he'll just, like, shake it out. Like, he can pick up, like, a bunch of rocks and, like, rock arm. Like, he, oh, his whole deal like is that it. he just, he's just, you can't stop him. Yes. Because he can literally just, like, he can be, he can repair himself. He is a scarecrow. He is, he is alive, but he is still, like, you, you, you know, I'm picturing, like, him fighting some monster with, like, a a gigantic, like, spear or glaive, and it just, like, disembowels him, but it just, like, hay falls out, and he's like, 
sorry, and just, like, bashes them and then just, like, picks up the hay and, like, puts it back. And he's like, mm, all right, great, we're good. <laughs> I like this juggernaut of nature magic being, like, yeah. you know, you you get your arm, you know, the arm goes flying, the hay is flying everywhere. They pick up, like, you know, an oak barrel. Yeah. And, like, conk, 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 it becomes, like, a new wooden arm. And yeah. it becomes, like, a fucking shield or something cool. You know, yeah. they're, like, this adaptive, reactive tank juggernaut and since they can't feel pain they are very can they be like the juggernaut and the blob put together oh yeah i also picture him as very jolly <laughs> like i i don't i just like i think that aesthetic is also funny of like the extremely like v- super cool fighter person that's also just like having a great time happy to be here well they're very wiggly i want them to be yes. wiggly like the yep. like think the scarecrow and wizard of oz but like magnify their bendy wiggly nature by like a hundred like when they something, walk something closer to like a tube man yeah it's the yes it's fla- they flail they don't move they flail no matter what and it's incredible like even when he talks his head is like flailing all it's over all the place happy <laughs> to be here everybody <laughs> What do they look like? Um, a fucking scarecrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, what's he wearing? <laughs> uh, well, I think he is... What's the first thing that comes to your head? I think he's excessively fashionable. <laughs> oh, yes. For years, they've been giving this <laughs> they, guy outfits. They dress him by season. They yes. dress him with, like, the clothes that, like, even if they're hand-me-downs, like, they're dressing him with clothes that they at one point bought because they loved or made or crafted because they loved. So, he, I think he's got, like, he's fas- He's a fashion-friendly guy. He's, yeah. like, he's, you know, he's got, like, a cool, I, I do picture him always kind of having, like, a scarf. Like, a, either a big, thick wool scarf if it's cold, or, like, kind of a stylish, uh, like, ascot-type situation. I love that. And it's always blowing in the wind, no matter yep. what the weather is. And it looks really cool. That's when he's fighting. The scarf, yeah. like, kind of just, like, blows behind him, anime style. I love this. And, like, you know, he has gloves, like, white fancy gloves from, like, one time when they dressed him in formal wear. It's a hodgepodge. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, these are the gloves I wore at my wedding. You know, I think you'll need them more than me, Standy. <laughs> Maybe you'll meet the right person someday. Puts the formal gloves on. They're wearing, like, a raincoat that, you know... When someone picked their kid up from school, you know, they hung over their head and they were like, that's your superhero cape. And so they put it on Standy because he needed a cape, too. I am obsessed with this family story. He he puts a lot of he puts a lot of now that he's, you know, awake, he puts a lot of care into like clothing things. And he's like, I think he does a lot of like secondhand shopping. Fashion he's like totally. And he's like, oh, for sure. Oh, my God. These 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 are so cute. I'm sorry. Where did you get them? You say? Oh, my God, did you get the story behind them? Because that is lovely. It's always about the story, and that's why they are, like, the pioneer. Once Standy saves the Quasar Keep, like, helps stop the Quasar Keep with Ginger yeah. Gallon, do, um, I think they become, like, kind of a fashion icon in fantasy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they, are a, they are a traveling, you know, they are a, I think, I think they, um... I'm trying to decide if I if what, what, so I guess that's the, yeah, that's, I think that's the last kind of question to get to, right? Is, like... We know that they that the Quasar Keep is eventually destroyed. Yeah, what is so, their like, role? What is their I just have to ask that. Like what is their role? I picture them as a I picture him as a bodyguard. 
Oh, I picture okay. him as like I picture him as like walk as like as Ginger is solving this like walking alongside and like something like a giant hand comes out of a wall to try and grab them and he like fights it down okay. as Ginger is like walking through and like putting the puzzle together. I have a pitch then because All Ginger right. Gallengall has to sing the song of the stars and every time they we said they go into a room they fight a boss and like learn a verse and learn the notes. And they have to stand at the altar of stars or something and sing the song. And that's what destroys the Quasar Keep. I think that it's like, I think that, like, you know, they met during the Quasar Keep. Like, both of them were on their Castlevania, like, journey. And they bumped into each other Castlevania style and were like, want to team up? And became, like, you know, best buds traveling, traversing. You know, they're party members in an RPG. And the importance was Ginger Gallengall was like, well, at the end of this, I'm going to stand on the altar and sing the song of the stars. When I do, it's going to draw the gaze of every evil being inside the Quasar Keep. There will be billions of them. I need you to withstand their attacks and keep me safe during that song. It's like a four-minute song. Can you do it? And they're like, probably. Yeah, I think that's I the know. role. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? I got. I'll give it the old college try. How about that? How about that? All right. I am obsessed, and they become a fashion icon. They travel the world. What? <laughs> or do they just set up shop somewhere? They return the family. First of all, the Quasar Keep is destroyed. How does it work? Does everything just go back to where it was, like it never um, happened? I don't know. You Maybe. know? Yeah. Does it like just place everything back? Like it kind of rescinds, rescinds back on itself. Is that the word? Oh, I just kind of dig like a good happy. End. Like that's I don't, I kind of dig that. Yeah. Like so, the visual I'm getting is Ginger Gallengall sings the song of the stars. Uh, Standy is fucking battling billions of baddies, like just fighting them off, and is like keep singing whatever you do, no matter how much I scream. <laughs> And, and, you know, the song finishes, and I think they are, like, expelled from the from the Quasar Keep. Oh, sure. What, you know. what I picture is, like, uh, they're singing this song, right? Like, they're singing this song, and, like, I'm kind of picturing, like, the full-on, like, you know, peak, like, world-changing magic. Like, white light flashes over everything, and there's, yep. like, shimmering stars and light, and suddenly everyone is back where they were. Yes. It's like putting a movie, a VHS, on uh, Rewind. Like, it yeah. just kind of, the Quasar Keep rescinds and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Sorry if I'm misusing a word or not using a real word at all, until it is like a dot on the ground, and Standy just grinds it with his, like, one sneaker from, like, a kid's first basketball game. <laughs> and he grinds it into dust. Yep. That's <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Can we roll on tables for Standy? Yeah, for sure. And there's going to be one. I mean, Standy, they're going to be so horny. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. To, I'm really excited to find out whether or not Standy fucks. <laughs> fucks. Or maybe wants to hunt a human being for sport. Smart. I'm a great fighter. I'll tell you that. But what I'm really excited about is the pot is fighting the most dangerous game. <laughs> Man, I um. So um, when you're done that, I have a magic clothing. We'll pick one or two articles of clothing that are super powerful that they have that are heirlooms. All right, all right, Jeff. What table do we use for uh this old Standy Pico? I think we got to use the uh, I think we got to use the local hero. I feel like that's just uh, that's just the winner. Nothing's like, more local than a scarecrow called a Brussels sprout. It's true, and he fights for his family. Folk hero, here it is. There Folk it is. hero. I love it. 
I love it. Also, because, like, um, what I'm going to propose as, like, an ending note, I don't know if anybody knows what happened to Standy Pico. Oh. I love I... That, that he's a fashion icon. I love that people, like, you know, that story spreads like wildfire. Yeah. But, like... He just like he he's he he's gone now. Like he want like he walked into the mist, so to speak. Like he nobody ever heard from him again. People people debate whether or not he is real. Oh, I love stories like that. Like people don't know. Like uh, I I hate and I love when there's like a calamity in a fantasy or a piece of fiction, and the heroes who save it, like everything's restored, so no one is ever sure it even happened. Yeah, people are like, well, yeah. I, I mean, then that's what Jin. That's what Ginger said. They said there was a, a scarecrow that had that that could fight forever and loved loved a good brawl and. Nobody ever saw them since. Oh, he becomes a myth. And then as mm-hmm. a result, other people start putting standees in their house. Like, you know, it, it becomes a, the tradition carries on and evolves where people yeah. start putting scarecrows that look like standee in front of their house to keep as them. A, it, that's how it becomes a protection thing as yes. opposed to sort of a general like blessing type thing. I am obsessed because to all honor right. the greatest, like, you know, tank. The guy who sacrificed it all so that we could all live peacefully, according to Ginger Yalengal. Yeah. Jury's still out if that ever happened. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, give me a D8 for a personality trait. I have a D8 in my hand. Booyah. Two. If someone's in trouble, I'm ready to lend a hand. Oh, on their way to the Quasar Keep, like chasing it, I think, because I think mm-hmm. they had to walk and run for a long time to like... You don't just, like, walk into it. You have to, like, catch a door, like, at the right time. You have to, like, find out when it's coming and then, like, slip in when, like, you know, if you think of this thing that's always moving, it's a sentient dungeon, you would have to track it and know when it's going to have an opening and when it's kind of going to show itself, you know? Because couldn't technically, like, any giant horror mansion castle forest be technically the Quasar Keep? Like Could in be. disguise. So I think they tracked it. And in the meantime, they did a lot of acts of heroism. They were the fan man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were Mo. Fuck. They were fucking Mo. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, I'm not wrong. I'm not. They were Mo as the fan man. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, put it into YouTube. The Mo fan man fucking credits I'm, from The Simpsons. I'm going to be doing that after this episode, and I knew exactly what you were <laughs> Fucking Standy is fan man Mo. Oh, my God. Uh, well, then can I throw you a pitch related to that? Of course you can. We said, well, we said, I threw out the idea that he loved, like, secondhand shopping. Yes. I don't even think it's that. I think he just, like collected little like things from the people that he helped oh it's like the payment they, give him a yeah. shirt <laughs> you give him you give him a shirt you give him a scarf you give him a glove you give him a knife or a sheath or you give him something and you're just like and he just he's like i you know what i love something with a story if you've got if you've got an object with a story that you're ready to part with i'll take it off your hands and i'll carry it on to the next stop he trades it with you because he has great fashion, yeah. and he's like, here, I actually have this shirt <clears throat> from early Purethra Guild, and it's made with magic fibers. And I'm like, holy shit, this shirt is incredible. Yeah, it's yours. Take, I'll it's take yours. yours, though. Dang. Yeah. I love yours it. Has a, yours has a cool dragon on it. <laughs> I <laughs> like it. just as cool. <laughs> I, I want to imagine that Standy Pico is fighting off billions of, like, you know, baddies inside the Quasar Key while this all-powerful cleric is singing a cosmic, like, world-changing song while wearing, like, a wolf-howling t-shirt. <laughs> a 
guy and a guy fieri short sleeve button up that is open they're basically thrift store divers it's basically a thrift store guy he's us in college (laughs) yep that's exactly what he is give me a d6 for an ideal oh animal d6 go three frog I was hoping you were going to get four, because it's terrible. <laughs> what is it? I gotta know. <laughs> four is if I become strong, I can take what I want. What I deserve. <laughs> it fucking kills people. <laughs> Give me that shirt. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Freedom. Tyrants must not be allowed to oppress the people. Oh, I like that. He, you know, he was, he was wrong. I mean, like, people that he cared about were taken away by this thing. He truly believes that like you know that that's not right and those people deserve to live their life on their own terms like he and he will fight to the end to make sure that those people get that opportunity there are the people that he loves but also just everyone else yes like keep in mind this is someone who values this person sat for millennia like when we talk time and fantasy it's like you know imagine standing in a field for three hundred thousand years learning generations of things of your fantasy and watching over them and like learn like loving and stuff like that if someone wronged you you'd be fucking heated up and you're like oh no 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 absolutely not i value life i value people's stories i value the love that that gave me life you know Give me a D6 for a bond. D6, animal D6. Go, by the way, I'm throwing these dice in this incredible custom dice box. By it's very, they're very, they're very nice dice box. You hear this? Ah, uh, three Beautiful. frog. A proud noble once gave me a horrible beating. <laughs> beating. I love that result. We always get it. We always re-roll. <laughs> Fuck, it's just some king beat the shit out of him once. Beat the shit out of him. It's when he figured. It's when he figured out he had powers. Was just some rich piece of shit and started hitting him. Ow! And he's like, "Oh, well, all right then." It's, huh. Like, he, like, no. like he pit. So we I can't actually, do this. We can't do this. All right, fine. Reroll. I want to so bad. <laughs> I got three again. Here, that's a sign. Six eagle. I wish my childhood sweetheart had come with me to pursue my destiny. Nope, that's not right. <laughs> I'm going to say, so wait, hold on. Three, frog. <laughs> um, a proud noble once gave me a horrible beating, and I will take revenge on any bully I encounter. Okay. Please. So I actually do have a pitch for this. I know that we I know we get this a lot and generally re-roll it because it sucks. Yes. But I have a pitch for it. Uh, like, I love that it ends with a Captain America moment of like, I hate bullies, but if some rich guy kicked my ass. Just slap me around. So I have a, I, I do have a start, a, a pitch for this. Please. There's the moment, like, early in his travels. We've said that he's the fan man. He goes around hell's people. I think he, like, stepped in when there was, like, a rich, like, a rich bastard, like, ordering people around or, like, raising a stink in a bar. Like, he stepped up and he's like, you need to sit down. Like, you need to leave. You need to walk away. You need to let these people. And, like, got challenged to a fight. And, like, this, like, rich, this, like, rich, like, pompous little shit, like, just, like, like, grabbed, like, a cane or something and, like, just started, like, swinging it. And that's how uh, Standy figured out that he had the this gift of, like, you can't hurt, man. Like, I can't feel yeah. pain and you can do whatever. Is he's just, like, taking, like, the like the first time he does it, he, like, stabs and he, like, goes straight through Standy. And Standy just, like, looks down and is like, huh, what about that? That's neat. I've never oh. been so disappointed and impressed in my life <laughs> that this is still the fan man episode of The Simpsons. And it's Homer oh, yeah, learning it that he it can is. take a beating in the box. <laughs> 
Ukraine. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what that is. So it really is like some rich noble is like, who dares fucking dare defy you? me? And like, yeah, give you a caning. Get him, boys. And like the guards draw their swords. <laughs> They're going ape yeah, shit, just like chop. And he's just like, oh, okay. And then he like takes them down. But he's just like, oh, well, how about that? Turns, I figured, I people talked about getting hurt, and I thought that was going to be a thing, but it seems like it ain't, so he hey. fucks them up, like, his giant wiggly arms are like tentacles, he grabs them and fucking whips them around the bar, and it's chucks like, them. What is the fucking, what's the fucking Wii game, Wild Arms? <laughs> what? What is that? Hold on, I gotta look it up. Wild Arms is a classic JRPG from the 90s that inspires most of all my fantasy children's stories. Don't look into it. <laughs> Aaron, Google arms, arms we, because this is what you have proposed to me. What the fuck <laughs> is that? Yes. No, that's exactly. I'm looking at a picture of a girl and a boy with fucking corkscrew arms. And yeah. yes, that. So he just like throws like wacky punches and is like, oh, he's like, oh, well, this is great. Fuck, <laughs> this is fun. I, I'm an unstoppable juggernaut. Time to Tur- save the world. Turns out I love a scrap. I love to fight. Thanks, rich asshole. <laughs> uh what's their flaw give me a d6 we'll find out uh, i hope three. it's that he hates the tyrant that crew kill that rules my land <laughs> three frog. uh the people who knew me <laughs> jesus god no <laughs> we're gonna have to re-roll what is it the people who knew me when i was young <laughs> my shameful secret <laughs> i can never go home again <laughs> the family is looking out the window and they see standing. And they just say, I know what you did. I know what you fucking did out there. There's <laughs> just moments where they look and Standy looks back inside. It's not today, Standy. Never again. God damn it. Let's, uh, let's, let's re-roll. Five, Ant. What? These are all bad. <laughs> what is it? Though secretly, I believe things would be better if I was a tyrant ruling over the land. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. Hold on. I'm just going to read you all of these because they're all kind of bad. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just going to pick the one that works. Uh, first off, there's the tyrant who rules my land will stop at nothing to see me killed, which oh, we could go with fuck. if that rich bastard is like, I will get you. I guess. I hate that, though. There's like some um, extra character just introduced. <laughs> There's, I'm convinced of the significance of my destiny and blind to my shortcomings and the risk of failure. Oh, okay. That one we might go with. I like that one because if they're an unstoppable juggernaut, a straw, yeah. they're just like, they're kind of blind to their shortcomings of like, yo, there is a limit to how much you can lose in a fight. Yeah. And I think they're pushed to that point during the Song of the Stars <laughs> when like, they're being ripped by <laughs> billions, Jeff. Billions of monsters. Yeah, and I like I like that. I like that a lot. There's also I have trouble. Let's go with that, but I just want to read the others because they none of them are work for what we're doing. Please, yeah. Um, I have trouble trusting in my allies. Meh, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, the people who knew me when I was young know my shameful secret, and I can never go home again. Fucking hilarious, but unusable. It's absolutely hysterical that a fucking <laughs> scarecrow has a secret that the farmer is like. I mean, you're great, and I will keep you dressed. But I but know I can, what you did. I can never unsee what I saw and unknow what I know. I have a secret. I have a weakness for the vices of the city, especially hard drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank what you. What the fuck? 
no. And secretly, I believe things would be better if I was a tyrant lording over the land. You know? So no, the only one that works is fucking two. <laughs> I love it, and I, I really dig that it's someone who, like, kind of, like, it, it's it's bound to happen for someone who's, like, invulnerable, goal-driven to be, like, you know, I'm, you know, Ginger Gallengall would be, like, you know, I need you to do this. Like, it's kind of impossible, but, like, it, it's kind of what we need to do. I can't, I can empower you a little bit, but then I wouldn't be concentrating on the song. It's like, I can do this with just my raw energy. You know, I can do this. They, like, believe in me type thing. And I think that happens a lot over the course of the Ginger Gallengall has a hard time with um, his tanking ability during this because it's like seeing somebody, it's kind of a Midoriya, my hero thing of like, it's hard to see someone just destroy themselves and put themselves back together over and over again, keeping you safe, you know? And I like mm-hmm. that, that it's like, I'm, I'm fine. It's like, no, you're not fine, Standy. You're going to get hurt for real one day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. All right. Now, I have a table for you from uh, Arcane Artifacts and Curious Curios by Madeline Hale, available on Amazon. No, this book was not bought for me. I just love Madeline Hale's works. So, um, Jeff, I'm going to ask you um, to roll some dice for me or just roll okay. a D100 or something because we're going to do one magical article of clothing and know, see what it does from the uh, clothing table to get enchanted art- items and weapons and stuff. That's what this book's all about. It's tables. Cool. Um, all right. Give me a D100, and we'll just figure out what kind of our uh, enchanted clothing they have. Give me a good dice noise, because my dice are in the other room. Shazam. 64. Okay, 64 in Madeline Hale's book is... Standy has... This is... Stop. 164, Cloak of Invulnerability. A heavy cloak of canvas with panels of thick leather. Enchantment. Once per day, the user can become invulnerable for 10 seconds. History. Legend has it that the leather panels in this cloak were made from the hide of Belmir, the six-legged horse of the gods, who was the fastest, toughest steed to ever roam the mortal plains. Jeff, they are fucking invulnerable, yeah. but it's like anything that's not the cloak. So, yep. like, they are, fu- they have an enchanted cloak. That's what makes them able to do this, like, dope shit. It is, like, eons of magical energy, but also, like, they were blessed with this. Like, we said, enough magic and something becomes magic. This cloak uh-huh. was just some grandfather's coat. Oh, my God, it became an invulnerability cloak, and that's why they're a tank. The family was keeping them safe the whole time. Ah, oh, all right. Yep, love it. And I, that's a good place to end. God that's damn, God damn. That's a wrap on Standy Pico. We did it. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Twitter user Brellin1. Great episode for your prompt. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, don't be scared. Like, just tweet them away. At us. We ever, there's a prompt submission channel on Discord. I know Jeff's going to recite them. But, like, do not be afraid to just, like, tweet at us random dumb shit. It's what we live for. But there are a lot of ways you can send us prompts. Jeff? You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to bit.ly slash Discord and go to the prompt submission channel. Yes. What are you waiting for? Come hang out with us at our Discord, talk about lore, ask us questions about the show, or just chat it up with really amazing folkin. Um, Jeff has a second podcast. Where have you been if you're not listening to this or if you not heard about this? Uh, sure do. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Damn 
two in. Uh, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Go to OneShotPodcast.com and explore a plethora of amazing tabletop shows. Shows like System Mastery. Shows like Skyjack. Shows like Arms of the Tide. Shows like Skyjacks. There's tons of stuff to be on the lookout for and learning and growing and cool entertaining stuff. Shows Um, like Skyjack's Courier's Call. Yo, stay tuned because there's dope shit coming. And I'm very excited about that. Hell yeah. Verbal hug this week. What do you got? Do you have one? Yeah, take some time and catch up with your friends, because I guarantee you, um, it is always worth the, it's always worth it. You know, a good, a, a good friend, a good catch up with a good friend is like, is one of the most wonderful things in the world. Too real. You know, like, I, I had kind of a rough day. And literally just, like, sitting down, like, the first 15 minutes of this episode when Aaron and I were just, like, catching up and, like, shooting the shit, delightful. Lifted my entire spirits. Like, Good. sometimes, like, so there's a, the, uh, talking about the magic and ordinary things, there is a distinct magic to, you know, talking to a good friend and just, like, catching up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not with an end goal in mind, but just being like, how have you been? Like, let's talk. Let's let's talk about like our shared loves and what makes us happy. It's that's a particular kind of magic. I love that. Um, my verbal hug this week is do you don't have to apologize for like the whole that thing you've said before, like if you write, you're a writer. If you sing, you're a singer type thing. Yeah. But, like, unfortunately, it's too common that like, you know, you feel the need to apologize for your work. Like, I'm not a writer, but here it is. I hope y'all like it. It's like, no, be un- unapologetic. What you make is really cool. I don't fucking I'm not a trained writer or whatever. I make fucking audio dramas. No one's a fucking voice actor until they start talking into microphones and learning how to do voices and acting. No one does anything until they dive in and then they are that thing so seize that if you do the thing you are the thing like you if you have a podcast don't be like you know i know we're not the mcelroy brothers but here's this thing that i kind of no fucking it's okay your work is dope it has value people like it if you like it that also should be good enough and do not apologize for that love the stuff you do and you know embrace it for the dope shit that it is fuck it's true can I throw out a second verbal hug? And this one also applies to you specifically, Aaron. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, it ties back into that of like, don't apologize for the thing that you do and like own it and love it. I'm going to throw this out specifically also to you, but also to me and to everyone. Don't apologize for, and this is something that like a uh, dear friend, John Adamus had to explain to me in detail. Don't apologize for uh, at one point, being early in the process Mm. do not apologize like don't apologize for your early work showing signs that it is your early work i think uh there's a story by comic book writer gail simone one of my favorite writers where she had said that she was at a convention and uh she like one of a a fan brought her an early book to sign like before when she was like i i and she kind of like offhandedly was like "Oh, oh this book i didn't i had no idea what i was doing when i wrote it and, like, she looked up and saw that that fan was, like, kind of crushed because, like, that was their favorite book. And so there's this element of, like, you may not have known what you were doing. There are signs, you know. And I talk about, like, we like this is something that I know we both do with our early episodes of both of our respective yeah, podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Of, like, you know, they're like, oh, the audio's not as good. We didn't have the format down. But, like, there are people that love those episodes. And I think, like, there's a value in saying, like... We've learned since then, like, we've learned a ton about, like, what this is and how to present it effectively, but there is a magic to those, and I think there's a there's a wonder to that, 
that I think, like, is really worth, like, acknowledging and owning and saying, like, you know what, like, we may not have had the audio right, like, we may not have had the format, but there was a magic there, and I'm happy that we stuck through it and learned. Like, it is, it is, uh, as John Adamus put it to me when he was explaining this, it's not that your early work is lesser than your current work, it's that your current work grew from your earlier work. Like, it is, it is a forward process not a the early stuff isn't as good absolutely there would be no standy pico no sprout brussels yeah. if there was no samuel gord it's true dang i love it i love it i think um, that's it yeah i think that's all we do well, well until next time good, good night, night and good game, game. How's the Brussels sprout coming along? Why don't you come over here and take a look? Oh, he's perfect. Oh, you picked my mother's old hat. I love it. You know, every good Brussels sprout's got to have a good hat. What should we name him? Hmm. I've never been really good at naming things. Come on, give it a try. Okay, um, so my dad used to tell me this joke about Brussels sprouts and how they were outstanding in our field and... (laughs) So what if this one was called Standy? (laughs) I both hate you and think it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Standy it is. Welcome to the family, Standy. You're going to be out here for a long time, but don't worry. We're going to make you extra comfortable. It's already getting so chilly outside. Better make sure Standy's comfortable. So I took the liberty of going through your closet, and I grabbed Standy this old coat you haven't worn in years. Oh my goodness, this was one of my favorites. Uh, doesn't fit me anymore. Think it'll look much better on all Standy than me. And here you go. Oh, would you look at that? The leather, it looks incredible. Oh, I just love it. What do you think, Standy? Ah, quiet as always. That's why I like you. Always doing your job. All right, let's go back inside. Good night, Standy. Stay warm. My dad's gone, and all I have to remember him by is these cufflinks from the day he was married. Okay, so what do you want to do with them? <laughs> I know exactly where dad would say to put him. Me, go standy. Wait, before the reception starts, I want a picture with you and the tomato plants. Yes, yes, you with the tomato plants. Hey, if you're going to be a part of this family, you got to get with the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> all right, come on over, come on over, you two. Oh, my daughter's wedding day. Okay, now stand next to Standy. Yo, hey, Diane, you got to put an arm around him too. You're part of this now too. <laughs> All right, put your arm around him. Oh, yes, yes. Put the tiara right on Standy's head. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Say Standy. Got it, got it. It looks amazing. Wow, it looks so cool. Yeah, my woman, she used to ride a motorcycle, and she used to wear these cool leather gloves, but she doesn't ride it anymore, so I figured I'd put him on the scarecrow and make him look like he goes real fast. Oh, he looks so cool. Yeah, and then we'll top it off with this cool leather vest. Bow, cool. Nanny, it's hot outside. You gotta come back in. Well, if I'm hot, can you imagine how hot Standy is out here? Be fair, be nice to your Brussels sprout. 
I apologize for him, Standy. He doesn't understand how important this is. Let me just cut these dungarees for you. There you go. You should be much cooler now for the summer. Once again, I apologize for him. Yeah, I'm sorry, Standy. My bad. Everyone! Everyone, it's me! It's me! It's Standy! Everyone, hi! Hi, hello! Where is everyone? 